everyone listening on Spotify and watching on YouTube. Um, it's another episode of Behind the Broker today. Um, just so you don't, if you don't know, if you haven't listened to this before, Behind the Broker is um, a series we're doing on people, funnily enough, who work behind the brokers. So kind of ancillary products to, to mortgage brokers and, and IFAs, etc. So today I've got Joe Testori on um, from Bespoke Brand Developers who deals with lead generation. I thought we were really interested in getting him on because we've had some good brokers on that have talked about lead gen. Um, so it'd be nice to see from the other side and we can we can find out a little bit more about the um, the successes that people have from it and the, and the downfalls of it and, and we'll kind of go from there. So thanks for joining us, Joe. I appreciate you having me, Marcus. Thank you. No problem. So, just talk to me about the uh, the journey to how you got to this to this lead gen side. Now, tell me about the, the journey that you took to get here. Absolutely. So, a couple of years ago, I was working in the city. I was working at Ebury Partners, and I was in the finance division, or essentially sales, being out there selling finance products. So, I saw what the back end of that business was doing, and. A couple of years ago, they were sold on to Santander for around 350 million pounds, which was fascinating because for nice. the fantastic opportunities that the business had and what they were doing so well, there were so many shortcomings and maybe I'm exposing them too much. However, it was perplexing that a company of that size was so good at generating leads and they focused so much on outbound systems, the back end wasn't taken care of. So while I was there, I was working on Bespoke Brand Developers and it was a business that I started while I was at university. So uh, I was at Ebury for some time and then I went on, worked to Credit Suisse, which was a completely different story, very interesting. And as time went on, I saw that I had an opportunity to go full-time with the business, essentially take the plunge. And it'd be four years come three weeks' time that I'd be in a position where I can say I've been running the business full time. And as time's gone on, we've essentially morphed into a multi-person team, uh, eight of us all together now, working with an array of mortgage brokers, which is where we're at today. Amazing. So you, just you touched on something then about obviously being able to generate a lead, but yours is very different. You're not just flogging a lead. Yours is a system, isn't it, where you're, you're, keeping, um, you're keeping the clients and you're making sure you're working the leads properly because... We always come up with this issue with brokers that they just think buying a lead is too expensive or they think that buying a lead is a waste of money or they make down the pub has told them you shouldn't buy leads. Um, and I've, I've never been a massive advocate of them, but actually, after speaking to people like yourself, it's about what you do with it, isn't it, and how you put it into the system. So talk to me about why yours is a little bit different from, say, you're just, you know, you're buying your lead for a couple of quid and then and, and working it, same as everyone else. What's, what's uh, slightly different with yours? So we've got two facets to our offering, which is one is just simply a system. So this would be for a mortgage broker who's maybe just starting out, he's just gone it alone, he has experience in a company, he, he knows how to deliver, and they're looking to turn around and essentially get from naught to £10,000, let's say, for instance. And what we found is to be the key point of differentiation between our system is it's focused on three main elements. So it's focused on generating that lead and making sure that lead's exclusive. So not having to go through any platforms where you might be bidding for these leads like unbiased, for, exa for example. And then in the middle, it's the follow-up. Yeah. So 
they say speed kills all deals. And what we find is, A, a lot of brokers are working in the business. So ultimately, if they're not taking care of their clients right now, then who's going to take care of those clients? And what our system focuses on is the speed. So making sure we're getting back to clients in a clear, quick, coherent manner. So how we do this is we use automations, so text messages, emails, voicemail drops, and depending on the clients that we're working with, we can actually take care of the follow-up there where we have assistants who will turn around and they'll call these leads up themselves. In the back end, we're really, really hyper-focused on numbers. So these would be the clients who are looking at just optimizing and fine-tuning their business to amplify their, their sales. And we've got this philosophy that is, you can't, measure, you can't measure what you can't track and you can't track what you can't measure. So ultimately, we're looking at generating those exclusive leads, working them for the business, and then in the back end, figuring out what are the small minute details that we can work on to help increase the sales close rate and just look at what are the elements that need to be worked on to close an extra two or three deals per month. And uh, do you know what, you, you touched on that, it's really relevant and I don't think enough, because it sounds a bit boring, I don't think enough brokers take it into consideration, but the profit is in that data, isn't it? The profit is in that that small percentages at the end. So talk, talk to us about that actually. So in regards to the data, what are people missing or and what do you recommend for brokers, if you like, um, in regards to how you do, not so much the follow-up, but just more about the data, how you analyse your data and how you, you make sure you're not missing anything, especially long-term leads. So, and this is what we do ourselves. And when we developed this program and we started running it with our clients is we looked at our own mistakes because I think it's far easier to look at the mistakes that you're running in your own business, generating leads and seeing what could be fixed there. So with myself and our sales team, every Monday, 8.30, we jump on a call, we go through our numbers and we branch out our funnel. So we have Excel sheets or Google Sheets is our favorite and we work out the top of funnel numbers all the way down to the bottom of funnel. So these would be looking at numbers such as um, first amount of new leads that were brought into our funnel. So let's just talk about that. We won't talk about what we do on working and nurturing older leads, but we'd look at how many new leads were brought into the funnel that week and how many of them have turned into a first conversation, how many of them have turned into a second conversation. And essentially, if you can put these formulas in place where you can look at what does that percent look like from week to week? So you know, depending on how the market condition is going, well, we know for a fact that the end of last year, the mortgage market in the UK wasn't great across the board with our brokers. So we need to look at those numbers and track them and think of how do we change the nuances in our offers? So it's always thinking about what is the next, not trend per se, but looking at what is the key metric that we need to optimise for? Because ultimately, if top of funnel lead count is dropping well we want to target more of our efforts towards generating more leads so instead of possibly using an offer which would be a call but we might brand this as a, a no key no fee call for instance is one that we use with one or two clients so essentially how i think of it is yep. you've got a cabbage chocolate bar and instead of giving people a cabbage chocolate bar you wrap it up in a lint foil just because it looks sexier so to speak or in other cases the problem might come down to people at the point where they're just unsure about rates in the market, so they want to hold off for a few months. So it's actually figuring out when that bottleneck is the problem and really getting into the granular detail because 
There's no real point of fixing something that out, isn't out of broken. Interest, Joe, just really, sorry. sorry to interrupt, but out of interest, is it generally across the board, do you see the same problems for your brokers? Or is everyone having to track a different KPI because everyone's got a slightly different problem? Or do you see your MI and it go, right, everyone is struggling with this? I would say the problem is quite systemic. So to that point in there, and you might have two odd brokers who are head and shoulders above the rest, who you just know they understand the the, the real small details a lot better than others. But generally speaking, it's, it's quite wide swept. And what do you think all bro what do you think data what do, what data should brokers be tracking without question what what should be the most important uh, metrics that they should be tracking do you think especially on leads that aren't selling straight away because i do i do quite know i keep banging on about it but i'm going to get across the point that if you're not selling something straight away there's a very good chance that person is a future customer and i don't think people treat it properly that's why they don't make utilize their leads um so what what do you think the metrics are that people should be really tracking so whether a broker is running paid ads or they've got partnerships in place where they're getting referred by accountants or financial advisors, what we really look for is the cost per acquisition. So that's what we look at to determine how profitable that lead is. For instance, if a broker is to uh, look at a first-time buyer and they're turning around and that deal's worth £2,000 for them. Well, depending on the cost within the business, how much does it cost for you to fill on that deal? And ultimately, quite a lot of the time, it's time. That's the cost. So how much do you charge per hour? Or how much do you work out your per hour basis is? And then how much is it costing you to acquire that deal or that client, so to speak? So it's reverse engineering and figuring out that because what we find is we'll have some clients that are generating leads for £20 a lead. But if for every 100 leads they generate, they get 20 meetings and they can close five deals, well, that might not be worth it to them, whereas they can generate less leads from the same amount of budget and they close more deals. And it's that cost of acquisition is one of the key metrics we look at across the board. And that, but obviously that's going to... Um... That is also going to be affected by the ability to convert. Because we, we can't assume that all brokers are built the same, you know. Mm -hmm. Clearly, clearly mm -hmm. some are going to convert better than others. So um, I suppose, like you said then, though, it's a, it's a cost per acquisition for everyone individually. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And that's the, the beauty that we have is because we're working with numerous brokers and we can see certain nuances, we can essentially, not still, but we can take snippets of what they're doing really well and think, well, how could this be applied for a mortgage broker based in Glasgow to one that's working down in London and figuring out what are the key subtleties? Because it isn't, it's sort of a butterfly effect. It's making one small change now, or there's a lag effect. And that's kind of the point which you made. Someone might not be ready to buy their property now, or they're just essentially rate shopping. So they're in a position where it's not now, but it's having that pattern of being the first person who's front of mind and just a lot of it does come down to speed. So how quickly you're responding to those leads and, and what you're following up with. If you're following up with information as opposed to, hey, just call me to check in, well, people know the difference. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what would you recommend? Um, so if you are like a one, two-man band and they're, and they're struggling for leads, 
Um, what, what, how do you start the process with them? What's your kind of recommendations? Do you go through their business as a whole or is it quite generic at the beginning? I'm just trying to drum up some business for them. Talk to me about that. I think the key metric that uh, a one or two man band's looking at is essentially growth. So reverse engineering and thinking of where do they want to get to in the next 12 months and what adversity would they look to face in between before they, they look to say something isn't working because I think that's a real test of relationship. Not everything goes 100% to plan, but what we would look to do with them is essentially build up slowly. So figure out what is a fair capacity of leads that they could handle per month. So that could be an extra 30 new leads per month, which might result in five to 10 meetings. And then working out, okay, if you had five to 10 meetings with prospective clients and getting those deals across the line, what would be, and, and this is completely different, cold traffic compared to referral-based traffic is completely different. Yeah. The way how you approach those leads is going to have to come from a completely different angle. So it'd be thinking of, well, how are we going to generate these leads and what is the cost going to be when we spend ad spend? Because that's our primary platform, Facebook, Instagram. What are we comfortable spending and how long are we comfortable essentially putting money into that system to build up and get there. And then ultimately it comes down to looking off those leads and following up would be what we'd focus on. Do you, have to, do you have to do quite a bit of managing of expectations in regards to how much money you have to put in? Because I think people would, you know, they want to test something with a fiver and see if they can make a tenner, but it, lead gen is not like that, is it? You know, you have to, to drive traffic, you, you have to spend quite a bit. Or, you know, it, to test stuff is, is, is relatively costly. Yeah, for sure. And look, we've, we've been criminal into doing that before where we've, we've had offers where we focused on uh, generating X amount of leads in, in the first month, which overall we could have done better with that client if we said, hey, look, we can do that. But the first month is a lot to do with testing. And testing is a bit of a buzzword that's used in marketing because it's essentially saying, hey, give us some time to build up what we're doing. And ultimately the way how I think of things is a snowball effect. So if each month we're, we're generating just say 20 leads per month, well, if that can compound within six months, we've got 120 leads. And these are people who, as long as we can keep a good engaging pattern of communication with these leads, well, it compounds, it builds up, and then we can look at, well, what does that lifetime value bring in the long run? I, do you know what, I spoke to someone the other day, he's, he's an incredible marketer, and he was saying a very similar thing, as a, he's a, owns a very successful mortgage brokerage, but he was saying the same thing, like if something doesn't work in a month or two months or three months, they would be forever changing tack. Um, so I think that's really important for kind of brokers to know that you've got, you've got to have a little bit of patience with marketing. You can't just spend a fiver, get a tenner, and then that's, a, that's the end of it. You know, it's a, it's a much longer, um, or if you swapped out your lead gen every, every month because it didn't hit the, particular rates you want you would literally be starting from scratch every you know every month well if, if the game was easy everyone would be playing it and everyone would be winning therefore it's a hard game yeah absolutely how do you again with the manager of expectations and because you know that not every lead you speak to at the moment is going to convert but you do know that perhaps 70 percent over the life cycle of the next five years will how do you manage expectations of people that want that quick money? Um, what, what, what can you say to them? Is it just a case of educating? Yeah, at, at times 
I mean, we're all impatient with something. And I, I try to use the analogy of going to the gym. Now, for most of us, if, okay, if, if I wanted to turn around and get a six pack and I could just take a tablet and that would help me get a six pack within the next two days, well, the price of that would probably be up here. That probably cost me 10,000 pounds. Whereas something that's going to take longer, i.e. going to the gym and giving up that sweat equity, so to speak, and dialing my nutrition and focusing on that, well, that's going to take longer, but you're probably going to be more cost effective. Now, there are people out there who want that magic bullet and they want things to happen overnight. And quite honestly, if they want to do that, there is a network that they could probably go to and spend money to get that. And that won't be with us. But if someone is invested in their their long-term growth, then those are the people that we're looking for. We're looking to have clients similar to you. We have relationships for years, not just a month or two. So that's our focus, really. And that's what we would say, honestly, to people. It does make sense. Like you said, we're, we're the same. Long-term partnerships work. Building relationships works. We're used to the same marketing team forever. It might not be that it will always bear fruit. You know, we get stuff wrong. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you chopping and changing consistency and patience is boring again but it just is what makes it what what makes good brokers so um in regards to the kind of the, the tips joe for for the, not just new people actually just anyone looking to buy leads i mean talk to them about kind of where they start and what they should be thinking of and um maybe what cash they need or anything like that any kind of tips that you can give to people who are who are looking at jumping on that that lead gen um, yeah, so I'll, I'll give away our foundational strategy. So if we were working with a mortgage broker who is, I'm from Clapham Common, so they're based in Clapham Common, London. If they were there and they were saying, hey, we want to get started, what I would recommend is starting with a budget of £300 a month. And I would focus on a content strategy. So £300 a month, that would be what we would recommend to start with, just to understand ads. Now, I would look at this money and say, how much money of this could you commit for how long? I would recommend three to four months of investing that money. Now, from here, we would recommend using three forms of content. So, we would recommend using a video. Now, something like where you'd be facing the camera and you're speaking about the advantages of using a mortgage broker because there are people who could go online. I could go to Santander Bank, try to figure out how to do it myself. It wouldn't be the same. You've got information as the advantage there. Yeah. You'd use two different graphics. So one would be a client testimonial and one would be an informative piece which might just have a family walking their dog down the local common and it's trying to be emotive. So using those creatives, running that, just for leads. So generating those leads and all you'd want to look for is someone's name, email, phone number. Not to elongate the process, not to look for um, are you looking to buy in the next three months or what's your household income or questions like that, what's the mortgage value? Just getting really granular and focusing on volume. Yeah. So a lot of people have the de- debate between quality versus quantity and I would actually, which is quite quant- contrarian, say that quantity is better than quality because you learn more. The more people you speak to, the more market feedback you get. So from here, we would target people within a, I mean, if you're looking at that area of London, probably a 10 kilometer radius. So just being really finite because 
People want to be speaking to people who are local to them, who are able to go and meet them at a coffee shop or they've got an office coming down to the office, which is only a 10, 15 minute trip down the road. So focusing on that. And then if you could put a system in place, which is what we focus on, is have that there where you can follow up with those leads very quickly. So I'm talking within five minutes. So sending out a text to say, hey, are you free for a conversation morning or afternoons? And having that in play. Having your team as well there. Speed is of the essence when it comes down to chasing up these leads because they're probably going to be out there speaking to other mortgage brokers. So looking at that, that would be what we'd look at. A £300 budget per month, which works out to £10 a day. You'd probably be looking at generating one, if you're lucky, two new leads a day. And they would be exclusive to you. These would be people who are receptive and are probably looking for a mortgage broker in the market and you can target people based on certain interests such as housing on say platforms like Facebook or Meta as it's now called and then targeting yep. them like that and making sure you're looking off those people who go through your funnel and that they're not there to buy right now. Got you. And, and just in regards to those guys, I won't keep them for too much longer. It's been really useful. All of what you said has been really useful but in regards to the guys that can't buy right now, what do you, how do you recommend people keep them in their funnel? What, what should they be doing that, um, to keep people like you know they're not right not, they're not right now. So how do how do would you um, how do you deal with those? So we focus on three elements: so information, education, and competitive advantage. So information: what's useful in information that can be used right now that helps people? Education: so educating them. So educating them similar to information, but keeping it a bit more educational in the sense of the information can be used about what's going on within the markets. Education could be a piece where someone turns around and they say on the dinner table, hey, I learned this about mortgages today. Did you know this? Or actually, mortgages are more affordable than they are than I expected. You can use this through personalized content. So what, what, what we've done really well with some clients, and we've seen some clients explode on platforms like TikTok and Instagram, is by just answering bare basic questions. And you can do this by going on Google and searching um, questions such as mortgage brokers London or saying, uh, how do I find the right mortgage broker for me? And then just going through Google, seeing a list of the key asked questions. And the last part is competitive advantage. And that's something we try to echo amongst with all of our clients is what really makes you different from your competitors. Now, ultimately, Mortgages is quite a commoditized business, but you can have, you can anchor on competitive advantages or unfair advantages within the business. For instance, using workshops, that could be one where you look to educate people in a mass audience or a newsletter, for example, giving people that first point of anchored information and just having a personal brand behind yourself. And I see a few guys who do this really, really well. And I, I can see why people magnetize towards themselves. So that's what the focus would be for us. That, that does make sense as well. And about the competitive advantage side of things, I had a conversation with a lots of new startups yesterday for a network, and we were saying the same thing in that your products are very, your, your products are the same. So you've got to find a, you've got to find a way of, um, you know, getting yourself putting your head above the parapet because um, you, one, two million ads don't have exclusive products. It's just the nature of the beast. You don't. So uh -huh. You've got to really think about your marketing. And again, said to them, you're, you're a marketing company that sells mortgages. You've got to think of yourself as that because 
otherwise you're just another broker on the internet that someone you know someone's um, asking about rates. So you, it's interesting actually. That's really um, to keep yourself in front of them is is kind of a is a really poignant point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think to, to what you've said to the core, it doesn't matter if you're using the services of uh, an agency or not. Every business needs to market themselves. And we need to think of what are the elements and facets of ourselves that can stand out. I mean, you mentioned to me, Marcus, about your story, and that could straight away be used as a as an unfair advantage, as a competitive advantage. And it, it could also be yeah. easily, like what we mentioned is, if someone lives in a local area, if they have local market area knowledge, or, I don't know, they sponsor a local restaurant, or their rugby team, for example, that could be a way of just saying, hey, we focus on the community. We're a community first mortgage brokerage that's based in here and we've been here for so long or we're family led. These are all things that can drive emotion between the ideal client and them. So do you, do you feel that the emotional side is the key when you're tapping into someone because the technical side is kind of Everyone has, like I said before, everyone has the same product. Do you think? That, do you think the emotional, um, you know, getting into someone emotionally is the is the key to marketing to make sure so they so that you resonate with them? Absolutely, and completely unrelated to mortgages, but I believe it was John Lewis who did an ad. It must have been two Christmases ago, where a a granddad he spent the whole year lifting up a kettlebell. And people would watch on from afar and his daughter was watching him and they were like, what's he doing? And then it came to Christmas and he lifted his granddaughter to the top of a Christmas tree. And, and that's it. And John Lewis did it fantastically well. I mean, the amount of ads that they've used over the years. And the only reason why we're talking about this now, or I've remembered it, is because it's emotive. And I think anyone who can add elements of emotion into their marketing has a far better communication method than just working on well, look, all we're here for is numbers and that's the only reason why you're here. So ultimately, people are just going to look for the person who is cheapest because everyone wants the best deals. And you might sway yourself and say, actually, yeah. I want to go with that person because I know they really have my interest at heart. Or I know once this is done and I'm going to go for a remortgage, we can go for a coffee. Or they really care. That's what people want ultimately. It's true. If the, if the values are aligned and that kind of thing, it's the relativeness. It's not about... Not everyone is like you say. Otherwise, it's just a race to the bottom of, uh, of facts and uh, facts and numbers, isn't it? So, I think it's really important. Again, like I said before, really important for brokers to think about that about the emotional side of things as to how they're attracting people. Um, Joe, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, how do they do it? The best way to get in contact with us is either by LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn is Joe Test Stories, spelled surname T E S T O U R I. No one guesses that first time. And our Instagram, which is at Bespoke Brand Developers. And we post content on LinkedIn Amazing. five times a week and three times a week on Instagram. Brilliant. And um, just for everyone listening and, and watching, um, all of Joe's social media and contact details and everything will be on our blog, YouTube, Spotify and everything. So you will be able to get hold of him. Um, that was really useful, Joe. I appreciate your time today. And uh, thanks for everyone listening on, on Spotify and watching on YouTube. And I'll catch up with you soon, Joe. Thanks, Marcus. That was good fun.